You are now tuned into Accelerate to Great Podcast with Nehemiah Davis, a podcast for aspiring and established entrepreneurs looking for their next level of greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate the Great. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis, and today I'm really excited about our guest. Not only is he a financial advisor, but all-around financial guru. He's not only the leading entrepreneur in this financial space on Instagram, but he helps so many people just get literate with finances and just, you know, give us the opportunity to look at finances from a different view. So without further ado, I would like to invite my friend, a friend tour, and someone who's just absolutely incredible with finances and just entrepreneurship, Rashad Bala. What's up, good brother? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, I'm really excited to have you today uh, on Accelerate the Great. Listen to me. Give me a little bit. I read the bio. I read the backstory. But give the people a little bit about why you got into finances and uh, why it's important to you. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I've always been interested in finance ever since I was a kid. It was just something that just was interesting to me uh, just growing up, watching movies like Wall Street and stuff like that. I just had a different interest than a lot of my friends. And then also my dad is in finance. So I kind of followed in his footsteps as well. Um, and we actually work together now. We have a family business. So, yeah, it was just, you know, growing up, I always was interested in stocks and investing and stuff like that. And then when I graduated college, um, I used to play sports and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for my life. I thought I was going to be a professional basketball player. That didn't work out. So I just tried my hand at finance and um, that was 10 years ago. So that's what I've been doing ever since. And. And correct me if I'm wrong, had the family business been around for 35 years now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So you guys, you've been, you've been around this your entire life, like just getting from privy. Yeah. To yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. I was fortunate. I was definitely fortunate where, like I said, my dad is a financial advisor. So, and bigger than that, it was just always taught to me in my household to like do for self and entrepreneurship and, not to work for somebody, not to say that if you have a job, that's a bad thing, but that was something that was just always instilled in me. So I think that kind of gave me a leg up, um, definitely from a lot of my peers that I grew up with. Um, that was something that was always taught to me in my household. So yeah, I've been around finances my whole life. I was definitely fortunate for sure. And I, I'm just, I, man, I, I wish, like, I wish I was educated on finances, but the problem was my mom didn't know much about finances. My grandma knew something about finances, but I wasn't I wasn't receiving the information the same because it was coming from my grandma, right? So it is so important to me and as well as I see it's important to you for us to really tell our youth how important it is. And it's funny, I was watching one of your Instagram videos and it was just saying how school is almost like setting you up to be a worker. And again, I don't, I don't think it's nothing wrong with being a worker. If, if, if it was no bosses, pretty much everybody can be a boss, right? We need workers. But my thing is we need diversity we need to be able to let the kids know it's a possibility for you to be an owner so the reason why more kids aren't owners the reason why more kids aren't doing what they got to do because they don't see anyone like them actually doing it so what's your take on that no nah, I, I agree 100 percent, and um it's it's true and especially in our community, communities of color you know a lot of times we only look at what we see and if, like you said, if you don't see somebody that looks like you in business or being a business owner or entrepreneur, you don't think that that's actually something that is possible for you. So you kind of go with what you think is quote unquote realistic for you, right? So that might be, you know, a union job or something like that. I like to say, not to say that that's bad, but 
that's what people aspire to. At least where I'm from, like that's what they aspire to. And very rarely does somebody say, okay, I aspire to be an entrepreneur. I aspire to own my own business. And I think that, you know, it's important to get the message out there and to not even just to do it, but to also spread the word of other people doing it because it serves as you never know who you might inspire, right? Somebody might look at you and they might be inspired by you. They might not even tell you that they're inspired by you, but you never know who you inspire just by being present and for them to see that it's possible to do something else. So. Yeah. And that's facts. And it's funny, we, we just went on the actual ski trip where we sponsored and took like 50 kids skiing. And not one kid on the bus was an entrepreneur, which is nothing wrong with that. But my specialty is teaching kids how to become an entrepreneur. But I had to make them aware of just the difference between working for someone and working a job. So I just did the quick math. I'm like, hey, guys, listen to me. As a kid, the most you can work is about five hours. They said minimum wage in Philly is like $7.25. I said, look, let's round that down. Let's just say if you get $7 an hour, right? After five hours, you're making $35. After two days of working, Saturday and Sunday, you're making 70 bucks. So let's think about it. Then tax is gonna come out. Now we down to $50. Then we also gotta think about, hey, it's an hour getting to work, an hour coming home from work, and then it's maybe three minutes of preparation. So now that uh, that 10 hours turn to 15 hours, and now that $7 an hour now turn to $3 an hour, right? So I'm like, I want you guys to think about that. So you're working a weekend, you're potentially making $3 an hour uh, as you add everything up. But now let's think about you being an entrepreneur. What if you just got, what if you learned a sales pitch, you got 20 shirts at $20, you just selling, just say 10 shirts. Now you're making $200 on Saturday and $200 on Sunday. Now you're making $400 and you're working only just say two, working four hours. Which one would you prefer? And that literally opened up their mind like, whoa, I never even thought about that. That, hey, you can make the same amount of money as an adult potentially makes. But if they're never told this, like I was never informed, like, yo, entrepreneurship is possible. You can, you, you can write your own check. You can make your own schedule. I never knew nothing like it was existed. So I feel like it is our duty to be able to empower and let our youth know, yo, there's so many different ways for you to actually go out here and make it. So. No, nah, you're right. Absolutely. That's hit the nail on the head with that one. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I just wanted to break that down. So I know for you, uh, I know a lot of, I know you, you know, you consult with different sports figures and various things like that. What is not even a suggestion, but for a lot of our youth, you know, they're, they're coming up here and, and a lot of their plan A is I'm going to make it to be a professional athlete, right? And to be honest with you, it's probably less than 1% will probably ever make it. And it's probably less than that on a professional level. Um, what's, what's some suggestions you might have for those youth who have that or parents? Because I know a lot of our parents are pushing them to become that. But realistically, and I'm, I'm not a realist, I like to think outside of the box, but based on stats of the last 100 years, you got to be the absolute best of the best to make it to the big league. Yeah, uh, you know, I would always say, you know, I grew up playing sports, so I would never not encourage somebody to play sports. But also keep in mind, like you said, even if you make it, right, the, your, your career might be five years. If you're a great legend, you might play 15 years. That's like in the NBA, that's like legend. Like 10 years maybe in the NFL is a legend. And that's still when you're 35 years old. You know what I mean? 37 years old. So even if you excel at the highest possible level possible, you're still going to have 40 years, 50 years, God willing, after you're done playing, right? So it's important to be well-rounded and to have balance. I think that balance is important with anything. So 
sports is good because it does teach you a lot of good things. It teaches you how to, you know, work as a team. It teaches you discipline, hard work. All that stuff is very important. But it's also important to think outside of the box and think long term. So I actually, it's ironic that you asked me that question because I just got off the phone with an NFL player. I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he really wants to put it out there right now. But hopefully a couple, a few NFL players follow me. And I, he had reached out to me. So he does, he's in the NFL right now. And he's actually starting a financial literacy campaign um, because he realized how much he didn't know once he became wealthy. And a lot of people are kind of in that same boat. So I'm trying to put together a couple people that are kind of like-minded, people like him in the league now or people that may have just retired and trying to work on something to do something actually very soon with athletes because um, I think it's important, especially you know, in financial literacy, a lot of times it's not the message, it's the messenger. So, you know, it's like rappers, you know, people hold entertainers, rappers, athletes in high regard in our society. So I want to try to get them on board and to make financial literacy more cool, just like sports is cool. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, to me, it's business is just as entertaining as sports, really. And that's kind of what I try to do even on social media is just trying to make it relatable and make it understandable. So definitely I would encourage any athlete to be well-rounded and to look at protecting your money, right? Because it's one thing to get money. It's another thing to actually be able to preserve that money. Cause we see all the time athletes that go broke and they have hundred million dollar contracts, $50 million contracts. And then it's like, how does that happen? Because it doesn't matter how much money you make is how much money you spend. So, you know, it's important to, to think about that. And, also to think there's other ways to make a living in sports besides being an athlete, right? So you could be an agent, you can be um, a coach, you can be a general manager, you can be in marketing, you could be in finance, financial advisor, you can be an agent, you can be a lawyer. Uh, there's a million different ways to be involved in the sports industry without actually having to, and those careers last, somebody said something very valuable to me. They said that the, a coach always lasts longer than the players. So what that means, in my mind, is just more so than just the coach and a player, but the guy behind the scenes is always going to last longer than the guy in front of the scenes, right? Like, like look at music. music. You could be a music exec at 70 years old because nobody knows who you are. But right. the artists, they have a four-year window. By the time they're 28, they're old. Now you got to make new for the new artists. So you're, you're going to have a much longer career behind the scenes than you do in front of the scenes. Now, how important is reinventing yourself? Reinventing yourself is, is everything, especially in the world that we live in right now. We, you know, everything's just changing so fast with social media and online. Who knows what the next thing might be, you know, virtual reality or whatever. So I think that you can't just stay stagnant in business. And we see that a lot in business, you know, different case studies of businesses that were successful one year and then next year they were out of business. And that's the same thing with any, any you can look at any line of uh business or athletes or entertainers or whatever so i think you constantly have to reinvent yourself and part of that is not being afraid to step out of your comfort zone uh, you know a lot of times we get comfortable in our in our box in our lane that, that we're in and we just stay in that lane because it's comfortable but you know in order to grow you have to get uncomfortable so absolutely that's good you have any uh <clears throat> Like, what's some keys do you think right now to help us get on that financial literate path? You know what I mean? So, like you said on, on a recent Instagram, there's still a lot of adults who don't know how to write a check. Right? And as I was on a bus with the youth, I'm like, hey, what's the two numbers on the bottom of a check? No one knew. I'm like, accountant, 
you know, account number, routing number. So who's the wealthiest person in the world at this moment, right? Jeff Bezos, what do we own? Amazon. So I'm trying to teach our youth things that are relevant. And I was saying to them, there's nothing wrong with learning about Christopher Columbus and all of that, but you will never use that in your life. I don't, I don't, I don't believe I'm an adult for the last, I've been, you know, I'm 30. So I've been working for the last, what, 10 years on my goals and dreams, but I don't think anyone has ever asked me a history question that related into money. Everyone want to know, hey, how are you paying for it? Is you using credit or using debit? What's your check number? Uh, you know, um, what's the interest? What's the rate? Like, but we're not teaching our youth this. I want to figure out, Rashad, I don't know if you know, but why aren't our school systems teaching this what actually matters? Well, I think it goes back to um, what you said as far as reinventing yourself, right? So a lot of times, especially with politics, that's why business moves a lot faster than the political world because politics, there's so much that goes into it, right? So unfortunately, the school district and school system is political. So we, we had something in place 100 years ago, and pretty much it's the same curriculum for the last 100 years. Like, it's still the same textbooks. It's still the same form. Like, even now in math, if you think about it, there's no reason why you, you can't use calculators in classrooms. Like you don't need to know how to do long division. I've never, I'm a financial planner. I've never done long division since I graduated school, right? Like there's no point. It's more effective. It's actually way more effective to use a calculator. So why not just teach a kid how to actually use a calculator? Because everybody has a calculator with them all the time because they have a cell phone. So it's just stuff like that where it's like, I feel the school system is just so stuck in their ways and they haven't taught financial literacy. Some school districts are starting to, like New Jersey, I think just passed the law. And I think it's a law in Texas. Like, I think like five out of 50, but it's still 45 states where it's not mandatory. So yeah, it's unfortunate, um, but you know, it just moves a lot slower than it should be, in my opinion. And, and I feel like, you know, a lot of times we could be getting, I don't want to say set up for failure, but it's like, without us knowing these things, it's going to be hard to compete I feel like it's going to be hard to really get ahead. I messed my credit up when I was younger because I didn't tell anyone. I didn't have anyone telling me, protect this with everything you have, right? I, I, I went to school because everyone told me that was the right thing. And it was not, I think going to college is great. Um, but I don't believe for me being type of business I did, I do. I need study marketing. I need to be, I need to be in the field. I think one of the greatest ways is to learn is by osmosis, like being around that person or being around interning. So I just want more of our youth to do things they love and do things that's going to financially make sense in the long haul. So that's why I, I hope, you know, more of our schools start really teaching our youth those things we need to know now so we don't get in that trouble. Yeah, no, nah, I feel you. Um, and it's important for parents to educate themselves as well because you can't teach your kids what you don't know, right? So unfortunately, that's a cycle a lot of times. We don't know ourselves, so we either don't talk about, that's another thing too, especially, you know, in our communities, a lot of times finance is kind of like taboo, where it's like the adults like tell the kids, like, don't worry about it. Like, don't ask questions about money. And if you think about it, it should be the other way around. Like, how is a kid gonna know how much a light bill is if you don't show him like, okay, this is the Con Ed bill. This is the electric bill. This is the cable bill. This is how much mortgages, this is how much rent is. This is a budget that we put together. So a lot of times parents, like they tell the kids, like stay in, stay in your place. So this is adult business. But really, you should, it should be, a, it's like sex education, right? Like you, as a parent, you're supposed to talk to your, your child about that because eventually they're going to do it themselves, right? So they're either going to be educated on it or they're just going to figure it out for themselves. So it's the same thing with money. If you don't educate your child on it, 
then they're going to figure it out for themselves and they're going to make a bunch of mistakes before they actually realize what's going on. And then unfortunately, a lot of times, by the time they realize it's too late. Yeah, thanks. That's good. That's good. Why you tell me a little bit about why did you create Earn Your Leisure? Because the page is amazing. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, so it's just like a um, podcast. I wanted to, to, for my Instagram a lot of time, you know, Instagram is only one minute uh, video clip. So people kept asking me for extended content and to, you know, kind of, expand upon different things so i thought the podcast would be a good idea to uh, you know talk have a more extended conversation so then from there I, I wanted to create a page as well and the earn your leisure page is different from my page because it's more active i, I post them. like my page is more like specific on a couple of different topics but earn your leisure i try to open it up and it's like a discussion board where you know people i invite people to have their opinions and to talk about different stuff so that was kind of, you know, the theory behind the Earn Your Leisure page. And that's getting good traction. People, you know, have good responses to that, too. So, I, you know, unfortunately, I definitely appreciate everybody for, for checking it out and, and just support it, for sure. Yeah, please, guys, you have to check it out. I mean, one of the things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm increasing my teachability index. So every single day, I'm focusing on learning more. Every day, like, I'm in a constant state of learning, learning, learning. Anytime I don't listen to a radio, I don't listen to no music, and there's nothing wrong with listening, but I'm constantly, like, I'm trying to figure out how can I set my family up for generations to come. And the only way I'm going to do that is with information and with implementation. So I'm definitely grateful that you put out that type of advice and just information to really change our paradigm and let us start seeing like yo you can do it and you got to earn it like i think you need to earn yeah, it that's that's the theory behind the name you got to earn your leash so, earn, earn. so uh when i start seeing you saying i'm like man before i'm gonna go out to eat something before i'm gonna go do something, i gotta earn the opportunity to do that before i go buy a car or a trip i need to create another business i need to earn earn it so exactly that's super important um for you so a lot of questions what's a lot of questions you get from people that you know that the world need to hear on finances that that you believe um, more people should know about or should be answered i mean i get a ton of questions but one of the main questions that people say like how do you start a business like what's the steps to start a business and, and really you know there is no set blueprint of how to start a business right i always tell i always encourage people that the best teacher is going to be experienced. So in my, in my personal opinion, I mean, you want to set yourself up for, for success. So of course you want to study your industry, whatever industry you're going to go, you want to study that, right? You want to set your business up properly, legally, as far as LLC, if you want to do that, or S Corp, you know, you want to have the legal structure in place. And then you want to actually take the first step. That's what most people don't do. They don't take the first step, right? So in starting a business, that's another thing, too. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like, you can still be an entrepreneur and work a job, too, right? So you might work your 9 to 5 and then do your entrepreneur thing from 7 to 10 or 7 to 11 or whatever. You know, you should do that part-time. And then, you know, hopefully, once that gets off the ground, you start to make enough money now, you can actually do that full-time, right? But that's, I get that question so much where it's like, what's the first step? How do I do it? And I think people are just... I mean, it's human nature. You, you know, you're nervous. It's like I said, you step out of your comfort zone. But the first step is the most important step, man. You just got to just go out there and make it mentor. Mentors is, is important as well. If you can find a mentor, that will um, speed up the, your learning process very quickly. And then somebody, you know, another question that I get a lot of times, especially with the social media, is like, you know, how do I grow my – because everybody is marketing themselves on social media now, right, which is good because it's, it's, that's the playing field that we're in right now. And um, a friend of mine gave me good advice 
she was on social media actually before I was. She's big on social media. And she told me when I was first starting, I was just kind of figuring my way to her. And she, she said, look at what everybody else that is in your industry is doing and do the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I did. You know, I just kind of just try to do my own, try to do my own thing. And you never know if it's going to be receptive or not. But most of the time, that's what people cling to because it's, it's refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air. There's a lot of people doing the same thing. But if you could be the one person that's doing something different, now you separate yourself. And I always say best content is the best form of marketing, in my opinion. You know, people will find you if you put out good content. And it's educational, too. A lot of times people, in my opinion, they it's about them. It has to be about other people, right? So it's not, if you're trying to attract business and it comes off where it's like, okay, call me, this is my number, it's like, nah, you got to add value first and then people will, will reach out to you without you even having to ask them to reach out to you. So that's important too. It's a long game. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think that's what I see a lot too on social media with a lot of businesses. Like they have their first post is like a commercial for their brand. It's like nobody even knows you. Like you have two followers. Like, I mean, like add value, educate people and they can say, okay, this is a person that knows what he's talking about. Let me call him up or let me email him. So. I agree. And I'm happy you said that. And I like similar when you said uh, what your friend told you, my favorite quote, well, one of them is from Walt Disney. He said, observe what the mat, pretty much observe what the masses do and do the opposite. Right. So I think that's amazing. So your your game name of the game is give out that value, 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 and eventually they're going to come. And also too, with that is that, so I teach a class, a financial literacy class to high school students. So my Instagram page is kind of in line with my classes educational. But one thing about, teaching is that you learn a lot when you teach right because it's like i might be up at night especially now for my podcast like i'll study different things and a lot of this stuff i didn't know well i might have heard things but i'm so i'm actually increasing my knowledge base by teaching others because if i didn't if i wasn't teaching it i wouldn't be studying it that's another thing too when you add value to others you actually add value to yourself because you're learning it's it's a great way to learn to teach so wow that's that's another key what's some of your favorite books Oh, man. Well, the first book that I really read that got me into finance when I was probably like 17, 18 was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, Everybody's probably heard of that book, but that's something that I I read early on. And then How to Make Money in Stocks by William O'Neill. That was another good book that I read. But I'm pretty eclectic with my books. So I read books, everything from like Nelson Mandela's biography to Steve Jobs. I like a lot of biographies. Steve Jobs, Phil Knight. Um, Right now I'm reading this book called The Big Short. They made a movie about it. I don't know. It's like these guys that shorted the uh, mortgage industry during the financial crisis. So I'm just, I, that's another thing too. I think the more you learn about a bunch of different things from all different, I don't try to limit myself to anyone. I want to learn about a bunch of different things. It makes you a good conversationalist because you never know who you might meet. And then when you meet a person and you can actually have a conversation with something that they're interested in, then that puts you at the top of their list as well. So I always encourage, especially in business, because business is really networking. And it's what you know, but it's really how you can communicate it and, you know, networking and who you know. So the more information that you know about a lot of different topics, it will help you out a lot in business. I agree 1,000%. And that's why for me last year, I spent like 27,000 just going to conferences, masterminds, events. And I'm talking about the amount of friendships I created from that, the, the relationships I built, the information I learned, I'm like, man, this year I'm trying to 10X that somehow because I understood the results that I got from that. So I think that's 
Also, something very important I think we need to focus more is going to conferences, meeting people. Like, I believe it's one of the number one growth hacks. Getting around people who are smarter than you, sharper than you, and uh, just getting around a bunch of leaders. So, Rashad, we're about to wrap this up. I know how busy your day is. Uh, please tell our audience how they can support you. If you got anything coming up, I want us to be able to continue to follow you. I want everybody who's listening, I want us to all go subscribe, rate, and uh leave a review on this amazing podcast as well as follow him on Instagram. Please let everyone know how they can support you and everything like that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, my Instagram handle is Rashad Bilal. My name, R-A-S-H-A-D-B-I-L-A-L. Um, also Instagram, earn your leisure. That's the podcast page. Check out the podcast. The podcast is called earn your leisure. That's on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the major platforms. And uh, YouTube, actually, YouTube will come out this week. And a lot of people have been asking me about YouTube, so I'm gonna, you know, get some visuals up. So YouTube, yeah, that's it. That's the, those are the, those are the, the ways to stay yeah. in touch. And guys, please don't let anything we said go over your head. Financial education is going to be a major stepping stone in getting us all to where we need to be. And here's the other key, guys. Let's not depend on someone else teaching us this. Uh, let's not let's not put our total education in someone else's hands. Let's identify what we personally need. Let's dissect the information and let's take action on it. And this is going to be a huge step to helping us achieve the success that we want in life. So again, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in today's episode of Accelerate the Great with Rashad. It was absolutely incredible. Please, I need everyone to go follow him on Instagram at Rashad Bilal. I need you to go follow the Earn the Leisure page and please like, subscribe, and share his podcast. It's going to change a lot of lives. So again, Rashad, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your effort, brother. And I wish you the absolute uh, best. And if we could do anything here, please let us know, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you for having me.